go and play. I never see you anymore. This is NPR News. Good morning. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. The time is 10 minutes before 8 a.m. Today is Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. The national deadline to spend CARES Act money is just weeks away, and recipients around the country are scrambling to spend their shares of the $2 trillion federal coronavirus stimulus. When the Sitka Assembly met last night, City Administrator John Leach said the city was working quickly to spend the remainder of the $14 million in CARES funding the city received earlier this year. As we're coming to a close here, the the funding expires on December 30th. I haven't heard any word yet that this will get extended. Um, So we're still trying to uh, continue on with our program. Fortunately, everything was appropriated and we're working within our budgets and getting the money out there. The CARES budget was drafted by a working group and approved by the Assembly in July. It was divided into six categories, including utility subsidies, small business grants, funding for public safety, schools, and city programs. 66% of all the CARES funding went directly into the pockets of our citizens, our business owners, and their employees. $3 million of the 14 went to our citizens and schools in the form of, of support. The remaining $1.6 million uh, went to the city to allow them to continue the services to the community through the pandemic and have the necessary equipment available to keep first responders safe. In September, the Assembly approved a second round of CARES funding for small businesses and nonprofits. This week, city staff completed its final review of those applications, but applicants requested $400,000 beyond the $3 million the city had left over to disperse. Leach said that meant grant awards would be trimmed across the board. Businesses and nonprofits will receive less grant funding than they requested, but they won't see all the same percentage cut. Businesses that reported higher losses will see smaller reductions in their grant amounts, and businesses that reported lower losses will see slightly bigger reductions. Grant analyst Rob Allen said around 176 business applications were approved along with 18 nonprofits. 29 business applications were deemed ineligible for the program. City Administrator Leach said that while the program was not going to, quote, make anyone whole, he was proud of the way the federal funds were spent. I think if you look around the state of Alaska, you'll see that some of the other communities, um, I don't mean this to sound negative, but some of the other communities kept that money to, um, in control of the, or the cities kind of controlled that and used it for their own, their own needs to serve the citizens. But uh, I think our grant program was very aggressive uh, and our use, utility and mortgage subsidies were very aggressive and we got a lot of money back in the pockets of our citizens. But. Federal CARES Act funding must be spent before the end of December unless Congress extends the deadline. Heavy equipment operators have been clearing mudslides off roads in Haines over the past week. The work has been particularly dangerous along Lutak Inlet, where slides swept through homes and left residents stranded without electricity for multiple days. KHNS's Henry Leisha reports. It's pouring rain on top of six inches of ice-encrusted snow. Plow trucks have been making their way around Haines this Sunday morning, clearing the streets. Once they are done, many of these same drivers will get to work, repairing the town's damaged roads. We're all in a danger zone right now, just so you know. Scott Gray is the Southeast Alaska Operations Superintendent for the Alaska Department of Transportation. 
He's heading out of town to check the progress along Lutak Road, the area he is most concerned about. Catastrophic. The amount of slides or mudslides, the uh, bank failures, the debris flows, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, it's just huge. Dozens of slides have covered the 10-mile stretch of road that connects downtown Haines to the freight dock, the ferry terminal, and Chilkoot Lake. In the summertime, scores of tourists travel to the end of Lutak Inlet to watch bears feed on spawning salmon. Along the way, they pass vacation rentals and homes with scenic views of the ocean and the mountains that loom above it. After the first slides came down last week, it took days to clear a safe path so that residents living out here could make it back into town. Gray says now Alaska Power and Telephone is working on the power lines. I mean, you got beautiful homes here that are are in avalanche, or not avalanche, but debris flow areas. We have workers that are working right in the middle of it all, trying to get people power back. They're really in a very hazardous situation here. After checking in with the crew working on the power line, Gray drives to the very end of Lutak Road. I'll go up here and get turned around. He pulls up to a debris flow that has tipped over a vacant three-story home and swept two vehicles. Jamie Grubb lives next door to the leaning house. She and her husband Vance were asleep in bed when the slide came through their home early last Wednesday. We sat up in bed, and by the time we got out of the bed, which was within 30 seconds all of this happened, the sand was already coming through the door downstairs. The slide broke through a wall, but nobody was hurt. Her neighbors have all evacuated, but Grubb and her husband are staying in a mobile home nearby so they can make some repairs. Yeah, they came and asked, uh, told us that we should evacuate, and of course we're just stubborn. But once we're done with this, we need to start going to town and start helping other people that need help. But we just got to get our wall up and finish so that our pipes don't freeze. Grubb says it took two and a half days to clear the sand out of her house. The next task is to cut some nearby trees down to prevent them from falling on the roof in case there's another mudslide. Yep, we'll be good. Thanks, Jamie. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, you guys. Have a good day. Gray drives back to town. He'll be here till Friday assisting the local Department of Transportation staff. By Sunday evening, Alaska Power and Telephone had fixed the power lines along Lutak Road, bringing light back to the end of the inlet. In Haines, I'm Henry Leisha. Large whale entanglements are fairly rare in Alaska. Only around 10 are spotted each year, and most whales shed the marine debris or fishing gear on their own. But once or twice a year, human intervention is required to save a whale's life. On Thanksgiving Day, the small community of Tenneke Springs came together to do just that. KCAW's Aaron McKinstry reports. It was the middle of the night on the day before Thanksgiving when a gut-wrenching sound awoke residents in the Chichikoff Island town of Tenneke Springs. It was a pretty sad and mournful and awful sound. Boy, I am not real good at making, but it was kind of a... Wendy Stern and Steve Lewis didn't actually hear the noises until later in the day when the sound carried closer to their homes. But they were among the first to respond to its source, a 40-foot humpback whale caught in tanner crab pot gear that, according to resident Gordon Chu, came from Kodiak, around 630 miles away. People were very shaken up after losing a lot of sleep and listening to um, a bellowing humpback whale all night. Chu awoke to calls from those distressed residents and sprang into action. 
he, Lewis, and Stern are all part of a network of volunteers trained by NOAA to respond to whale entanglements. As soon as they got the go-ahead from NOAA, Chu and Lewis headed out in a skiff to collect footage while Stern followed in a support boat. An orange buoy marked the spot where the animal was now frozen in place. Slowly, Chu lowered a waterproof video camera on a long pole into the water. It had an anchor on the tail, lines going forward, a buoy in its mouth, another buoy at its tail, and um, it really could barely move. We could hear it breathing, and it was labored the way it was pinched and folded in half. And it was hogtied at first, so it was kind of bent into a bow. It's awful to see an animal all bound up like that. They relayed photos and footage to people like large whale entanglement specialist Sadie Wright at NOAA. So we're able to work with those folks in Tenneke to evaluate the photos and the video, come up with a, a safe and deliberate plan to do these disentanglement tactics from a distance to keep people safe. That's because disentangling a whale is dangerous. Don't try this at home. Both Chu and Lewis have had extensive training, have access to specialized tools, and have assisted with multiple entanglements over the years. And they consulted with NOAA every step of the way. Chu says even some of the most experienced responders have been killed. You know, a 40-ton animal can do an awful lot of damage. Um, I mean, a pectoral fin can weigh 900 pounds, just the, the fin off the side of the animal. So, I mean, if it comes down on you or your boat, it's, it's, uh, it would be very, very bad. By the time they were ready to try to cut the whale free, it was Thanksgiving morning. Two more boats joined them, and residents gathered on shore to help with communications. And a long, careful dance began, what Stern describes as an agonizingly slow process. Everyone thinks of maybe some kind of like YouTube video or something where you go out and then there's these heroes and... Maybe they're in wetsuits and they go down and they cut off the gear. The whale jumps in the air and there's a, a rainbow and it's just not that way. First, they cut the whale free from the 400-pound crab pot, weighing it down. There she goes. Are you? That's free? Then they followed the whale as it began to swim, hoping it would shed the remaining gear. Chu made several attempts to cut it away, but he was ultimately unsuccessful. Finally, as the daylight waned and the whale approached the rougher waters of Chatham Strait, they cut a buoy off the base of its tail. And then it took a dive and we never saw it again. Just in time for Thanksgiving dinner. Helping a big animal like that is a wonderful way to spend Thanksgiving, actually. And you know, we were, were pretty happy to be able to spend our, our day doing something really good for the, the world, or at least for that whale. But like most real-life stories, this one doesn't have a definitive happy ending. The whale was still